Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Imagine, if you will, a place where the macabre and humor flow amicably. A place where UFOs land and monsters are real. A place where you say to yourself, I want to believe. Hey Kyle, quick question for you. Yeah? <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Oh God. <laughs> Welcome to the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slevic. I'm Kyle Sawyer. And today we'll be discussing a creepy little story from our very own state, Maine. But first, a quick reminder about our format. All of our episodes have been recorded, so Season 2 is now live. This is Episode 8, and all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are listed in the show notes. Okay, let's talk about a family, a farm, and some dogmen, shall we? I don't know what we saw that night. But whatever it was in front of me was real. Go, 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 go! We are literally hostages in this house. I don't have my gun. Well, what are we going to do? I'm thinking. I can't protect my family. Take this. I was petrified. Eric Martin is a devoted father, husband, and at one point, an avid hunter. Sadly, Eric had a severe workplace injury that left him not only limited with the type of hunting that he could do, but his injuries were so severe that his wife Shelly had to leave her job for a while to help care for him. During this time, the Martin family experienced some financial difficulties and had begun to look for a less expensive home. Craig Woolheater, contributor to the Crypto Mundo blog, wrote in 2013, Shelley had found a beautiful old farm in Palmyra, Maine that was just what they needed. So Kyle, I have been to this area in Palmyra and it is densely wooded. Eric and his extended family would have been quite pleased with this because they were all avid hunters. However, I did read that Shelley was not a fan of all the guns that Eric owned. Woolheater wrote, his fairly extensive collection of guns was a bone of contention with Shelley. With the help of Eric's son, Sean, Eric built a strong box to hold the guns under lock and key in the barn. So basically, no guns in the house. Otherwise, the two are quite happily married, and as all couples do, they had some routines that they enjoyed. Kyle? Eric and Shelley had a routine of enjoying a cup of evening coffee on their front porch. Most nights, Shelley sat with a high-powered flashlight that she would shine about the property to observe the wildlife feeding at night. The couple would see deer feeding and drinking from their pond. Linda Godfrey, pioneering researcher on the dogman phenomena and uh, someone who we both met back in September of 2017. That's right, man. She was pretty cool. She was great. Yeah. Researched the Palmyra case and described the Martin's property. A big pond stood only about a hundred feet from the porch, with a mowed lawn between. Beyond the pond were woods, and behind the house lay five acres of wheat fields that backed up to a huge marsh. 
After moving on to the property, the Martins started observing some odd activity outside their home. Small lights would be seen floating through the woods anywhere from 4 to 8 feet off the ground. The couple thought that it might be poachers, perhaps. Uh, one night, the son of a neighbor also observed the lights, and the Martins asked if he would check it out. He drove into the wooded area with a 4x4 truck. Linda wrote, He drove the 4x4 truck down through the field and followed all of the blinking lights. As he approached the woods with the lights on bright, all the blinking subsided. Sounds like some ball of light action going on, man. That's interesting. Yeah, very weird. So Godfrey also wrote about Eric seeing the ghost of a little girl in their home. Uh, Linda wrote, Eric had been seeing the apparition of a little girl in old-fashioned clothing in the house. Shelley said he described her as about six or seven years old with a white cotton shirt, short-sleeved, and an overall-style plaid dress over the shirt. The boots were black ankle boots with laces, and she wore wool socks. Her face wasn't friendly. She looked angry or bratty. Eric also said that he would hear her footsteps and he would follow them to different areas of the house and would then see her. She would never look at him and he thought that she wasn't even aware of his presence. Kind of sounds like maybe a residual haunting. What do you think, man? Yeah, yeah, it is. And really interesting. So we got balls of light. We got a ghost. And potentially mm-hmm. some sort of cryptid or a pack of cryptids. Let's keep going. So one night, Shelly and Eric are out on the front porch enjoying their evening coffee. Shelly was shining her light out into the field when Eric told her out of the blue to get back in the house because he had a bad feeling. Shelly ignored his request because she saw something out on their lawn. Linda wrote, She trained her floodlight into the blur of the fog. The beams cut through the haze to reveal not deer, but three large furry creatures whose eyes reflected a bright yellow. Shelley said she had seen enough deer eyes to know that these didn't belong to deer, and that knowledge was confirmed when the three rose to run on their hind legs. They estimated that the creatures were about seven feet tall because they ran past a barn door right around that same height. So that sounds pretty terrifying, dude. And this encounter is just the beginning. What do you have over there? Shelley reported that they ran across the lawn in front of us. They had crossed the road sneaking up on us, almost crawling so we wouldn't see them. And then they rose, sprang into a lope, and then used back legs only. They ran to the right around the side of the pond so that the water was between us. Holy shit. They kept the light on the creatures the whole time, getting an estimate on their height. But they also said, quote, They had short tails, approximately 8 inches long and 4 inches around. The creatures were covered in short fur. One beast was light brown and the other two were dark brown. They had pointed ears that started at the jaw and ran up the side of their heads so that the inner triangle of the ear extended past the top of their heads. They had prominent, wide-bridged muzzles that looked like a dog's. That's quite the description. I mean, it sounds like a freaking werewolf. Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) Well, the story continues. The three creatures ran out of sight, and Shelly had put her light back onto the front of the property and saw two more creatures. So that's five total. Uh, She said they were moving toward the two of them, crawling on the ground and only 20 feet in front of them. I would have screamed, man. And uh, hopefully you've taken some pictures, but, but also scream. Anyways, as soon as the light hit them, they stood and ran around the house in the same direction as the other three. Linda wrote, their daughter's bedroom was on that side of the house and the couple raced indoors and upstairs to her room. When they got upstairs, 
to her window, they shine the light on them, and Shelley described the creatures as, quote, calmly standing on two back legs, literally staring back at us. One even rose from a squat position to stare back. Holy shit, man. That's crazy, dude. Now, this is an interesting side note, but I think worth noting. Godfrey wrote, one of the pairs of eyes was directly above one of the others, and Eric and Shelley wondered if maybe the two creatures were mating, or if one was a youngster clinging to its parents' back. What are your thoughts? Interesting. The the youngster angle intrigues me. Uh, you know, being like a juvenile hanging onto the back of her mother. Like I could see that. It seems odd that the two dogmen would just be mating in front of them, <laughs> right, especially right. when they run with a light being shined on them. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, but. At one point, the daughter woke up and saw their eyes, but really didn't see the big deal in it all and went right back to sleep. Yeah. Uh, the parents didn't want to alarm her, so they let her sleep. But they did call 911. The operator was dismissive and told them to call the game wardens. They did, and the game wardens seemed to take the claim a little more seriously and told them to stay in the house and lock the doors. But they did not send anyone out to their home. I guess they didn't take it that seriously. Right. Around 1 a.m., they decided to try and go to bed because the creatures were just skulking around the property, sometimes grunting but otherwise keeping to themselves. By morning, they were gone, but Eric and Shelley checked for prints and found a lot. Uh, Shelley described them as over-large dog prints with a hook on the end that made them longer. Interesting. Hmm. That really sums up their story. Uh, they did move out of the property a few months later. Uh, they said that the new owners had the pond drained, and Eric and Shelley were wondering if they had ex experienced anything weird, but they haven't asked them. In fact, Shelley and Eric, they still live in Palmyra, but prefer not to go near the location. I, I suppose I can't blame them. Godfrey did ask them to draw what they had seen, and we we will include a link to the drawings in the show notes, but, uh, I, you know, I've seen the drawings, you've seen the drawings and they're, uh, you know, they look like the drawings of somebody who can't draw very well. That's, mm -hmm. it, it, that's not to say anything bad about Shelly or Eric. They're just crude drawings. I could not draw anything better myself either, but they are drawings of a bipedal figure with a dog's head it certainly looks like that you know mm -hmm. but uh, that's the story of the uh, palmyra dogmen what say you man uh, any thoughts on this do you do you believe their story well i mean it's it's certainly convincing i mean like they haven't gone out of their way to like try to make a big deal out of it and stuff i mean there's been obviously things written about it there was a great tv show uh, paranormal witness yeah, the uh, Paranormal Witness episode is amazingly well done. However, it does exaggerate some of the right. happenings that, that went in there. I would, however, recommend checking it out. You can watch it for free on YouTube. So I'll put that link in the show notes so people can watch the episode. Shelley had reached out to, to Linda Godfrey, and uh, Godfrey has an excellent write-up of the entire story in her book, Real Wolfmen, True Encounters in Modern America. And I, I definitely recommend that people check out that book. There's amazing dogmen stories uh, in that book and uh, her latest book monsters among us is really fantastic as well just a lovely woman all, all <laughs> yeah. together honestly yeah she was uh such a sweetheart to meet and then we actually watched her give a presentation on uh, dogmen was there something specific about her presentation was it 
Was it specifically Bray Road? Yeah, Bray Road. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was the uh, Bray Road and just the history of how she got involved with it. That's right. That. That's right. Uh, but yeah, Linda Godfrey is is awesome, and uh, we took a ton of pictures when we were at the uh, the cryptozoology conference that Linda spoke at. So I'll go through my pictures and uh, see if I can get some of those and throw them in the show notes. I do believe I have a picture of Linda, and uh, she actually donated a uh, license plate to uh, Lauren Coleman at the time, and I think I got a picture of that as well. So I'll I'll put that in the show notes. But yeah, that's the story of the Dogman in Maine, and I think it is uh, a pretty amazing story. Again, I've been to the area recently, recently in the last couple of years, found out the road that they lived on. I don't know the farm Mm. that they had supposedly lived on. Not a whole lot on the road, so you can kind of make up your mind on on where it is. In my opinion, it seems obvious. Mm -hmm. And the new owners are not interested in any way of rehashing this. They don't return phone calls. They uh, don't take kindly to strangers just knocking on the door asking about dogmen. So in my opinion, if you know this road, if you know the farm, I would stay away. Just let them have their peace, you know, and and enjoy what's already been reported and written about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's all I got. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, I think we're... I think we're all set. All right. Till uh, till next time. Till the next one. All right. Is <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> so you trying to do a, a wolf man? No, no, no. Check it out. You're insane. (laughs) I don't know what is happening. (laughs) Pretty cool, huh? Research the Palmyra case and discover... Wow. Yeah, boy. All right. Just start from research. You got this, man. Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Here's to an endless summer. Plato's Closet pays you cash for clothes, so you have endless possibilities for more summer adventures. Done with that top? Sell it. Are those sandals just not your thing anymore? Sell them. Plato's Closet pays you cash on the spot for your gently used clothing, shoes, and accessories for guys and girls in their teens and 20s. If you want summer fun, get cash for clothes at Plato's Closet. Plato's Closet is now hiring. Find us in Fairfax, in the Greenbrier Shopping Center, and in Manassas at the shops at Signal Hill.